This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Hey. Welcome into the Drive the Lane Podcast. Two-part episode for you today. We're going to recap the Clemson game with our friend Tyvis Powell. And then we're going to talk the national championship with Joshua Perry. Granted, we talk a little bit of both with both. But Joey, kind of explain what the, what the listeners should do here. Yeah, here's what we envisioned for you guys. Um, Tyvis Powell interview is more of, as you would imagine, a fun, like, dialogue, conversation, like three guys just hanging out. And it's a great way to kind of reflect on the awesome win that was Clemson. So listen to Tyvis Powell and us talk about the win, a little bit of Alabama sprinkled in there, and then some random nonsense that you would always expect from when us three get together just to keep you – in the mind frame of Ohio State football, celebrating the last victory and, and, and looking ahead to Alabama a little bit. And then um, when you need a pick-me-up, some point this weekend, maybe it's Friday, maybe it's Sunday, but at some point before Monday, listen to the Joshua Perry portion of the podcast because that will, number one, again, get you ready for Ohio State football and get you juiced up and, and excited for the game, but then also get you prepared because he breaks it down in more of a commentator uh, type of way, an analyst sort of perspective with, of course, it's still really, really funny because that's just how we do things. But it's a great way to know thy opponent and get you uh, excited because, I don't know, I think me and Andrew fall into the same categories before the Clemson game. We're pretty nervous about Ohio State and how they stack up against Alabama on the surface. So it's a great way. You'll leave the interview because I know I did. You'll leave the interview, Joshua Perry's interview, feeling really good about our chances. So that's how we kind of envisioned it. Um, it didn't quite go out that it didn't quite go that way. Um, but well, the problem, the problem was with Perry, he was so eager to talk about the Clemson game also because it was such a big, huge game. And with Tyvis, like he wanted to talk about the Alabama game a lot too. And then also he wanted to mess around and be Tyvis, but, but you nailed it that like, like just honestly listen to both. But before we get to those, we got to talk about the drive the lane parlay for this week because it kind of covers everything that we want to talk about in a quick, fast, and easy way. So we've talked about the drive the lane parlay before. Sometimes it encompasses Mizzou also. Sometimes the Bears or Browns are on by. But this is what we got for you this week for the drive the lane parlay. All right. We got Browns money line plus 225. It's probably right. has risen, hasn't yeah. it? We got Bears plus 385. Which is probably lowered, maybe. And then we got Ohio State plus 35, which is up, which is a three-team. Wait, what's Ohio State? Plus 235, sorry. Okay, yeah, that is up. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a – so it's (laughs) – It's a three-team parlay. Ten – to win 518. But now it's probably – wait, did you just – that's the new yeah, math? Yeah, yeah. It used to be 10 to win, like, what, 460? And now yeah, it's – Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put it in. You want five? Yeah, sure. I mean, how mad would we be if that didn't hit for $5? I mean, pretty mad. All right, I, bet. I, I think – do you <laughs> – we're talking about those games individually. I think – I'm scared that for That is placed. Let's go. I'm scared for the Browns because how do you win a game without your head coach? 
I'm scared for the Bears because they are going to embarrass themselves on national TV and on Nickelodeon in front of hundreds of thousands of kids watching the game. And then I'm scared for Ohio State because, as we'll get into, how are we supposed to beat Alabama? I, it's just – obviously, I'm kind of putting out a front because I talked about it in the interviews. Like, we were really negative before the Clemson game and we won, so I guess we have to be negative again because we're superstitious, blah, blah, blah. But, like, we beat Clemson and we beat them handedly which you would think means, okay, like bring on Alabama. But Alabama has three of the top five Heisman voters, a better offense, a better defense, and a better head coach. So, like, ugh, where do we even – I don't even. And, and three and – <laughs> I'm already laughing. And I think Nick Saban, Ryan Day, and Urban are all going to coach the Jaguars next year. Yeah. I, how crazy is it going to be when Ryan Day goes from national champion – to Super Bowl champion in less than a year. Give credit where credit is due. Wait, Zolden called it first. We need to talk about a few different crazy scenarios. Number one, and, and I'm going to do the NFL one first because it'll, I'll do the NCAA one second because that will lead us into talking about the game. The, has there ever been a coach that beat someone in a bowl game, college football playoff, whatever, beat a player, and then drafted him first overall months later and coached him into being one of the best quarterbacks of all time, which people it, it has it has been denied that that Day is considering that. You know, Schefter said he's not like he's not an option. But it's just so fun to think about that one scenario you just said. Cause that would be crazy if Day drafted well, there's no way Day would draft Lawrence Overfields. There's no way. He wouldn't right. accept the job. But if he exactly. did, if he did. That would be so crazy. It, oh, yeah, it'd be I mean, amazing. That's insane because it's impossible. But the same, it's still the same for Urban Meyer. Like, is Urban Meyer going to take Trevor Lawrence because he has no real, uh, you know, alliance affiliate to Justin Fields in the way Day does? Obviously, yeah, he but does. Well, he recruit he recruited him. He was still the coach when he was recruiting him. I don't think so. Well, I don't know if he was technically recruiting him, but but Fields' first year at Georgia. Urban was the catch. Yeah. So you have to think there was some sketchy behind yeah. the scenes oh, Urban no. and Fields I, I talking. Urban recruited him out of high school. That's without a doubt. But Well, but I'm saying that Day's first year was obviously Fields' first year. So you got to think there was some – Fields and Urban know each other is what, yes. we're, what we're trying to say. No doubt. But, like, still, it's like the Ohio famous Ohio State coach. Ohio State just beat me, and now he's my coach if you're Trevor mm. Lawrence. Like, that's, mm. that's wild. But the other one is – Though, and we talked about it a little bit with, with JP, but, like, I wanted to dive into it a little bit deeper. The last time Ohio State won the national championship, they beat Alabama. And who did they beat in the championship game? The Heisman Trophy winner. And who was just crowned the Heisman Trophy winner? The Heisman Trophy winner? Devontae Smith. And who does Ohio State play in the national championship? Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna one up you. Not not yeah. to not to one up you. Please. Okay. In total, they beat three Heisman finalists that year, which they could do the same this year. Okay. And and <laughs> the game is on January 11th, and Dabo ranked them 11. And Tyreek Smith, who was named co-defensive player of the year by the Ohio State, or. Defensive player of the game by the Ohio State coaching staff wears number 11. And the season was canceled on, like, August 11th. And 
my number growing up was 11. And if you watch Stranger Things, I don't. <laughs> the main character is 11. All right, real quickly, we gave our predictions with, with Tyvis for the game. So but stay, I, tuned for that. stay tuned for that. But, but real quickly, I, I, just, I think it's going to be less scoring than people think because I think that Najee Harris and Sermon are going to have success early and they're going to be relied on more and more throughout the game because it is in both teams' best interest to have the ball for as long as possible. I, I, I disagree because, and we talked about it with Tyvis, and we won't dive into it. I have a fun little game I'd like to play before we get to the interviews. Um, I think that it is going to be so high scoring. It's going to be very, very entertaining if you have no allegiance to, these, to either of these teams. Um, I, 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 just see, I just see the only I, – I, if it's low scoring, Alabama doesn't win. I 100% think that. If it's high scoring – Either team has a chance, obviously. It's hard to imagine a scenario where Ohio State blows out Alabama. You know, I could see Alabama blowing out Ohio State, which sucks. I don't want to think that. But that's – Well, I'm I sorry. Think. I'm going to – I'm going to – I'm sorry to be annoying. I don't think that's possible because Ole Miss and Florida scored I, like four – are you getting to that? No, no. I'm just saying, like, it's not – like, it's still a blowout if it's – 62 to 48, or you know what I mean? Like, not on the surface, but like a two-score game in a championship. That would be a crazy fucking score. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, I'm yeah. not saying they're going to blow them out like 45 nothing. I'm saying, like, it could be a two-score, three-score game, but really, really high scoring still. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, blowout in national championship standards, not blowout in yeah. Ohio State versus well, Stetson. Well, Nevada. actually, in national championship standards, I was looking at the last few. The, oh, yeah, there's didn't, been, there's been a few blowouts. 50? Yeah, yeah, but not even looking at that in the playoff, you know, there was there was three good years in a row where it was Bama, Clemson, uh, Georgia, Bama, Bama, Clemson. But or no, it was Bama, Clemson, Bama, Clemson, Georgia, Bama, and then Clemson blew out Bama when it was Lawrence over Tua. And then last year, it really wasn't a game in the second half with with LSU and Ohio State kind of blew out Oregon. So, you know, it's kind of hit or miss. There's either good games and there's bad games. And I think because both of the playoff play-in games were blowouts, we're going to get a good championship. Yep. I What's agree. the game you want to play? All right. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a pick em sort of deal, okay? Um, going to give you a – it's like a player prop, and you got to take the over-under, okay? Devontae Smith, over-under, one-and-a-half touchdowns. Uh, over. I think he'll get two. Chris Olave, over one and a half touchdowns. I think under. I think Ohio State shares the ball a little better. Okay. Trey Sermon, over under 128.5 yards rushing. Over. I think um, he'll go for like 140. He's If Master Teague is out, then for sure. Okay. Um, Mac Jones over under three and a half touchdowns. I think three is the number, so I'm going to go under. Okay. And then this is um, I had another one in my head. We'll go – I guess we'll just say Justin Fields over, and a half, over three and a half touchdowns. I think over because um, I think Sermon – like I think Ohio State would rather run three running plays at the – 
at inside the 10 or I think Ohio state would rather have the ball in fields hands. Yeah. Inside the 10. I agree. Um, I got one for you. Sure. Pick them. Who has more yards fields or Mac Jones running or throwing throwing <laughs> um, actually or running. Cause the fields is hurt. Um, I think Mac Jones has more yards passing. All right. Because Nope, no justification needed. <laughs> yeah. I I agree that just I think Justin Fields will have more touching pass passing touchdowns, but I think like every time Mac Jones throws the ball, it's 15 yards every time. I, I think Mac Jones also. And then Justin Fields gets 70 in one throw. So right. So actually, I'm changing it to they're both going to get 550. Where are the player props on FanDuel? And then <laughs> I don't know. We got to find them. We might have to go offshore offshore bookies for this one. And we would love to be sponsored by any company that. <laughs> <would>. <laughs> All right, let's get to our interviews first with Tyvis talking mainly Clemson and goofiness, and then Perry talking the national championship. All right, joining us now on the Drive the Lane podcast, wearing a legends never die hoodie and that's definitely true with this guy tyvis powell what's going on <laughs> i think you've been on like 10 times so welcome back for for appearance number 11 on the drive the line podcast we always have fun on the show man i i will i'm trying to become a regular you know if y'all need to holler you are a regular i Go miss you guys like i we, we have a great conversation when we talk it's always fun and, i can i can definitely call you more often if you want you can do that. My line is always open these days. I'm not. I'm not busy. Once Leiliana is taken care of, then I'm not busy. Sid sounds about right. Well, we're gonna dive into obviously a little Ohio State football talk, but who knows where this conversation will go? <laughs> it might go somewhere that it don't need to. <laughs> the question to try to get us on some sort of track where you know people are coming here to listen about Ohio State stuff, but they're also coming here to just hear the banter. Um, but in order to try and get us on the right track to start, let's talk Clemson game. What were your initial reactions, your feelings during the game, your feelings after? What what was going through the mind of Tyvis Powell? Okay, so, you know, the game starts off and Clemson goes right down, boom, scores. So I'm like, okay. It kind of reminded me, like, at that, at that moment, I, it reminded me of the national championship game that I played in. We played Oregon. It was like, Oregon got the ball, boom, took it down. So I was like, okay. And for them, I was like, this is going to be the test. Let's see how they respond, you know. You got hit in the mouth. It's time to, like, respond type thing. And, you know, I think they came out real aggressive. I can't remember if they scored on their first drive or not. They did. Ohio, Ohio State punted on their first oh, drive. Oh, yeah, they did. Right. I don't think they did. So yeah. it was like, all right, cool. But then they ended up getting the stop, and then they start rolling again. Then we went down some more, and I'm just like, all right, like we're going to see. Like, it's time to – y'all either go – because this is the game that y'all been knowing and that y'all been, quote, unquote, training for. So it's like, you know, did all that training go to waste or not? We're going to see what type of team y'all is, if y'all, what y'all made of. So, you know, watching the game, I was like, okay. They start coming back. All right. I'm like, all right, okay, we're going good. Everybody high-fiving in the house and whatnot. <laughs> and then they took the lead. I'm like, okay. 
Then it started getting out of hand. I'm like, okay, wait, wait, hold on. Who is this? What's going on here? It kind of caught me off guard. I was like, you know, I was expecting a 28-24 type game. And they went up by 21. I'm like, pass the sticks. That's the game. You know, it's over with. <laughs> so, so as a player, it's probably a little different. You know, as as fans and, and non-football players, even though I did play uh, B-team right guard as a freshman in high school. <laughs> <laughs> the B team. <laughs> but, you know, as fans, we were kind of like, this game's over because Ohio State's offense is the best it's ever been. But as yeah. a player, why were you – why do you think the game went the way it did? Um, You know, I think, you know, they, they battled a lot of adversity. And, you know, it was that feeling where, like – it's everybody was like, do they really deserve to be here type thing? Like, you know, they only played six, seven games. You know, they haven't really played a lot. You know, all the COVID stuff going on. Like, we don't know if this team is really like that good, you know, because they haven't really put together all season. You know, it's been up and down. It's been a roller coaster. You know, they had to fight a couple of times to get through some games. But one thing that always was consistent, though, was that our offense was clicking on all cylinders majority of the time. So I think for them, it was like, we're going to show the world. Like, it was, it's the same model we had when we went to the championship. It was like, you know what? Y'all don't believe in us? Cool. We're going to show y'all something type thing. And they went out there and they did exactly that. And they deserved to be in the national championship. They, I mean, Dabo talked it up the whole week. They downplayed it the whole week. So I know that they wanted to shut him up. So that was personal for them. And, yeah, they just, they showed up and they showed up. You, you talked about it a little bit. Obviously, like, you know, I was a player. Andrew knows, too, as a, I mean, he played sports. Like, he understands it. B-team right guard. B-team B right guard, exactly. He <laughs> – players hear stuff in the media, obviously. Like, nobody is dumb enough to think that the Ohio State players didn't hear Dabo yapping all week. What do you think is being said in practice, whether it's amongst players or coaches to players or even coaches to coaches leading into a game like that versus, you know, we're going to the Alabama game now. Nick Saban already said, Ohio State is awesome, and I'm not going to say anything that's going to rile them up. When it's the reverse, when it's the Dabo Sweeney thing, what is, what is being said? Like, obviously, they hear it. What, what is going on? Well, I think definitely the Dabo thing hyped him up for sure because, like, you, as a, even as a man, like, it's like, you know, you don't want nobody disrespecting you. Like, you're not about to sit here and, and not give, our, give us our credit. You know we're a good school. You played us last year and you barely beat us, but for you to sit there and tell us that we're not a good team, like, you're you doing it on purpose. Like, we got we to gotta show you something. It's time, you got to shut you up because you're just too disrespectful. So they took it personally. Now, Nick Saban trying to play it cool, but this is the thing. Nick, tricky Nick. Listen, it's the national championship. You ain't got to say nothing. Listen, you either go show up or you ain't. Like, there's no motivation needed. You need the trophy. It's right there. The ring is right there. Like, it, you don't need any extra motivation for this game. Like, Nick, I mean, Tricky Nick can say, he can not say anything if he wants to, but the boys is going to show up for sure. Because, like I said, you ain't got nothing to lose. It's the last game of the season. You play free, you play loose, and you do whatever it takes to get that trophy at the end of that game. So from the time the game last year ended until last Friday, you know, all the way, all in the locker room was the score from the Ohio State Clemson last year. For you, if you were in that in that weight room, in that locker room, all that stuff, would you have been like, all right, enough with the freaking score from last year, we get it? Or do you think it continuously kept motivating them all year? 
you know, uh, actually, we had that happen. We played when we lost to Michigan State in the uh, Big Ten Championship, and then we lost to Clemson, ironically, in the Orange Bowl. They, that's what they did to it. They was like, we're only as good as our last game, and we suck. And then they, like, will show these, this this low light. You can't even call it highlights. They would show the low lights of the game. Like, on, they made a whole movie, a whole highlight tape of us, like, looking bad on the field. And they would show it, like, right before Matt drills. And I'd be like, hey, man, listen, <laughs> listen, y'all, all right, all right, y'all want to do this? All right, keep, watch this. Watch what we do this time. And that's why, like, when we came out there next year, it was just like, listen, we not going to take the disrespect. What what sort of uh, similarities do you see with with this team and with your team? And I'll give you one to start off. You know, Trey Sermon looks like he's better than Zeke. You you got mad when I when we tweeted is Trey Sermon better than Zeke? And then all of a sudden he went crazy two games and three games in a row. Listen, hold on, wait a minute now. I will say one thing. I don't know. Zeke must have gave him a pep talk or something. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> that kid has definitely turned into an Ezekiel Elliott for sure. Like, he is something in his eyes. That man hungry. Like, he got something to prove, but he played with a huge chip on his shoulder. And they, you know, they the run game always helps, and that's what wins championships, you know, running the ball as, as effectively as he's doing. Um, another thing that, that they have that I've noticed is that they are like really a close team. Like it's their togetherness is like there. It's like they really care about each other and they really play for each other. And that ultimately is like, that's like the, everybody want to know what the secret formula is. That's kind of really what it is. It's like when you care about your teammate, the success of your teammate more than yourself, like I do anything it takes but because I, I know they depending on me and I don't want to let them down, like that right there will push you. You'll be able to do things that you never thought you would be able to do. And what made me realize that, I mean, I've heard, you know, I hear the the interviews that they do throughout the season. And even at the beginning of the season, I said, you know, they definitely was a close team. Like it, the way they talked about each other and the way they gassed each other up, I'm like, they're definitely, you know, it's a family. It's like they really, it's not, it's not just that talk thing. Like they actually are a family. And, one thing that caught my eyes after the game, they interviewed Justin after the game, and he said something along the lines of, like, the, it was like, how were you able to get through the game? And he was like, you know, it was people, I, I didn't want to let my teammates down. Like, they, they needed me out there type thing. And I was like, that's the answer right there. That's the one, because that's exactly how we felt about each other. So I, I definitely could tell that they special for that. When you're looking at a team like Alabama, Obviously, you're excited to play them. It's the dream scenario. You're playing for the national championship. What does it take to sort of take a step back and realize, like, okay, it's just a game of football? Is that even possible to do going into a game like this? Uh... Yeah, it's hard to do because it's so much, you know, it's, it's, it's the national championship, man. It's one of those things that you got to live in the moment. Um, for for us, like when we won it, it didn't feel like when we played Oregon, it didn't feel like that was the national championship. It felt kind of like a regular game. Like I felt like when we played Alabama, like that that's, was that's exactly yeah, we was juiced up. Like this is this the national championship kind of thing. Like this how this is what a national championship will feel like. And you know, when we got to the national championship, it was kind of like eh, it just felt like another game. 
But I don't. They don't have that. Like they obviously they won't have that feeling because Alabama is a really good team, really good school. So, like I think they just you know they have to remain calm. You know everybody. They, they everybody they got really great players for sure, but we got really great players. That's the thing that people got to notice. Like, like yeah, they got players. They got a kid that just won the Heisman, and he well deserved it. But like, look at what we got over here. Like, who's to say that they gonna be able to stop us? Like, they, they can't stop us either. Like, it's gonna be clash of the types. Like, you, somebody something's gotta give. And I feel like this is one of those games that you know the defense gonna have to step up, and whoever gets the most stops gonna win the game because both offenses is high power. You know what I love about <clears throat> the differences between, like, you and, and Joshua Perry? We talked to JP, and he's like, Devontae Smith averages this many yards per game and this many catches over this part of the field. You're like, you're like man, we're good, they're good. It's going to be a great game. You know, it's like. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, he is. Okay, who's to say if we play as many games as they did, who's to say that Chris and, and Garrett won't have the same thing going, like. They can't stop – our receivers can't be stopped either, though. Like, so, I don't know – like, we're not about to sit here and just act like Alabama is, like, untouchable. Like, they ain't going to be able to stop us neither. Going, I mean, going into knows, the – go ahead, Joseph. I was going to say, if anybody knows how to beat Alabama, it's clearly you. And uh, there's one place specifically that we have to talk about. <laughs> it's, I mean, the Buckeyes are up by seven. Alabama's got a chance to tie the game. Um, a certain safety catches the ball in the end zone with – no time on the clock. I didn't know that. And take, 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 <laughs> it, take it, take it away. Listen, to clear the air, the ball was snapped at eight seconds. Who would have thought that it was going to take more than – it was going to take exactly eight seconds <laughs> for them to run down the field and me to catch the ball? Who would have thought that? I thought it was – it could have been like two seconds left on the clock. So, Is just it? to finish the story, Tyvis ran the ball out of the end zone when the game was won and gave us a chance to, to lose, in theory. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> you're not fumbling the ball. Like, unless, unless Maurice Claret is coming up and punching it out. But I'm not Sean Taylor. God rest his soul. I would never. This is the thing. This is the thing. I ran that ball out, and in my mind, I said, as soon as I feel somebody slightly touch me, I'm, I'm just going to fumble. I ain't going to fumble the ball. Because I don't want to hear that. So, and, and if y'all don't trust me, no, y'all trust don't. you. I know that you had reservations for six. That's what it came down to. You were like, I am housing this thing. Put a ring on my finger. We're the sugar ball champs. And we just beat number one Alabama and I housed this shit. Exactly. <laughs> Would you be alive? Put the ball in the stands. Oh, man. <laughs> Would you be alive or would Urban have, have, have killed you if, you if you fumbled and then Bama scored and tied the game? I think the whole state of Ohio probably would have <laughs> had to go to Mexico or something like that. You would not be on this podcast. Yeah, I, sure. Somebody, listen, they would have had to have police escort me out because if I would have been in by myself, like, first of all, the team would have killed me. Urban wouldn't even have had the chance to kill me because all my teammates would have killed me, first of all. But then it wasn't going to happen. It was not going to happen. You see that? Did you say the same thing the seven on Friday when he when he picked it in there? I mean, it was shades of that, honestly. Except for we're up by a hundred at that point. Oh my! So so it's different. He did the same thing in theory. I respect it. I respect it one hundred percent. I just I think it's, it's a little crazy. I, I truly wish 
that y'all would have been in that, that situation. I would have loved to see what y'all would have done. Everybody talking about they would have took a D. Y'all would have turned around like I did and seen nothing but green grass. Y'all would have took off, too. But you didn't score. You didn't score. That's, That's the, the point, thing. Andrew. You didn't score. You got to score. My teammates didn't block. Because <laughs> they were afraid. <laughs> no. You think, they, Perry, you think Perry's running all the way back down the field in that situation? He, he, he should be ashamed of himself. We, we could have started a little train and we could have ran all the way to the house and really sent them home sad. Like, it would have been worse. Or, no, I, I respect it because at the end of the day, I went into games that were blowouts and there would be 30 seconds left, and you probably shouldn't shoot it because it's bad sportsmanship, but I'm chucking that thing up anyway. So I, I, respect, <laughs> it. I respect it. Except for I'm not playing in, in, the, in, the state, in the semifinals against Alabama. I'm playing against Stetson. But let me get this. Let me ask you something. You in the national championship, and the Buckeyes is blowing out whomever. We'll call, we'll, we'll call it Duke. We're blowing Duke out, okay, I'm for the it. national championship. You, you weren't blowing them out. Listen, that's not the point. Let <laughs> me ask the question. Right, that's not the point. Because I mean, obviously, he would take the shot if it was close. He like he would have the choice. <laughs> have to. He was, he was yeah. blowing them out, and, and you just got in the game your first time touching the floor in the national championship. You know this might not ever happen again. It won't. You're not gonna try to get a point. You're not gonna try no, to score. It's funny because I remember checking in for the last time with like 45 seconds left in the NCAA tournament, we're down like 11, the game's over. Um, we've stopped fouling, whatever. And Holtman is subbing me in and, and I pull him aside as I'm walking. I'm like, can I shoot it? And he's like, he's like, hell yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> the same thing. talking about, See? I, it's the same thing. I would have been, I would have checked in. We're up, you know, 85, 65. I check in, the crowd's going wild. I'm pumping up the crowd and we're dribbling out the clock. And if, if it was really bad sportsmanship, I probably wouldn't have shot it. But if we have to take a shot because of the shot clock, I am throwing that thing up. And I hope and I'm praying to God that Coach K comes into our locker room after the game and he gives me a speech about good sportsmanship. That would be the dream. See, it's like you, you had to put yourself in different predicaments, but you would ultimately you would have done the same thing. If you was it would have been hard for me to realize in your position, even though, you know, like it's, it's the same kind of thing where like, you know, you got to have a feel for the clock as a point guard, you know, like it's, but I respect it. If you're working a fumble, then there's nothing to talk about. Joey, are you telling me you would have known that it was going to take eight seconds for them to run down the field and him to throw the, you know how long eight seconds is? It's a long time. It's, it's two seconds shorter than 10 seconds. Ivan. <laughs> I want to play a little game. It's no. called. It's called. Wait a minute. Who you think you is, Jigsaw? <laughs> it's time to play a game. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna play. It's called my prediction, Joey's prediction, Tyvis's prediction. Facetime one of your famous friends that was on the national championship and get their prediction live on the show. All right. So I'll go All first. Right. <laughs> I think the final score. I think we get you know a little less scoring than everyone thinks, just because. Everyone thinks it's going to happen, so I'm going to say it's not going to happen. I think final score is like 35-31. Buckeyes. Oh, Buckeyes. Joey. Um, Tyvis, I'm just going to put it out there that I, out of superstition, I have to be negative. Oh, my. Do I think – obviously, we are the underdog, and you know that. We're, we're the underdog. 
What's our points for you? What's, what, how, how, it's like seven and a half, I think. <laughs> so, uh, acting like I don't know the spread, it's seven and a half. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> seven and a half minus one ten. If you take it, the over under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're plus two fifty money line, whatever. Anyway, um, I'm so superstitious. We talked about how we thought Ohio State was the inferior team, like we want them to win, but we don't think they're going to win against Clemson. So I'll take the same route, but my prediction is going to be 52-49, which was the same prediction I gave for the Clemson game. And I was kind of close, like not, not close in terms of the difference, but I was close in the fact that Ohio State was going to put up points. So I, I, I get where you're coming from, Andrew. You're trying to reverse psychology the game. I get that. But I think it's – there's going to be so many points. 52-49, Ohio State wins on a field goal by Blake Howell. Right hash, 42 yards. If Najee and Sermon are running well, though, that, that, takes, that takes time off. So that's the only reason it. I think that. 52-49. Time of possession will be like 12 seconds each team. <laughs> Ivis, you're up. <laughs> Sorry. 12 seconds each team. Hey, is that fair? Jeez. I would say 42-31 Buckeyes. All right, who we FaceTiming? <laughs> uh, we can FaceTime cardio. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hold on. Can I, I, I can just do it like that. I think so. Let me see. Let me see. Because <laughs> he, he better answer. He going to answer for sure. Well, then, <laughs> then say, can I send you the link, and you'll jump in and give your prediction and jump out. Oh, man. We might not be able to hear him. Oh, no. Where'd he go? <laughs> we lost, ladies and gentlemen, we lost Tyvis. We have lost Tyvis. the curse of Cardell Jones. That is clear that there's a curse. Of, what should oh. I do? Should I, pause the, should I pause the recording? Yeah, whatever's easiest for you. All right, I'm going to pause it. You're back. All right, he said 38 28. 38-28 <laughs> was the prediction. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And for those listening at home, you could he could be lying. And no, we, I, yeah, that's what he <laughs> said. The way he answered the phone, I couldn't stop laughing though, because he looked crazy. <laughs> but he said his final prediction was 38-28 buckass. <laughs> Yo, we, we were laughing so hard when we when you just disappeared from the Zoom. That's why I, I was like, I was like, can I just face up? And then he like hung up, and I was like, oh shoot. Well, I gotta ask him now. <laughs> I gotta ask him. All right, Thomas. <laughs> last thing, last thing before we let you go. The floor is yours. Any questions for Joey and I? Doesn't even have to be about the natty. <laughs> how do you feel? How do you feel about Missouri? <laughs> Ooh, you mean the basketball team that's top no, 15 in the country? Or you mean the football team that just stole Mookie Cooper from the Buckeyes? <laughs> he sure did, did he? He did go there. wonder why. <laughs> you must have really persuaded him that. You know? I DM'd him. I said, you got to drive the lane shirt waiting for you if you commit to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, my dad doesn't even have a drive the lane shirt. <laughs> okay, I got a question for Joey. Joey, what is your career high in basketball? In in college or ever? Ever. <laughs> um, 
See, this is – it's a gray area for me because there's oh, a man. lot of fall league, as Andrew knows, in our area there's a lot of fall league basketball and the games are just glorified pickup games. But mm. there's stats and there's scorekeepers and you're wearing jerseys and it's a league. So I guess my <laughs> my my high score is in the – I was in eighth grade. Okay. I was playing in the, in the seventh and eighth grade league for one game until – I was put on in the high school league with my AAU team that had, um, I think, six Division One players ended up being, and one of them won National Player of the Year and is on the Mavericks, and we won the high school league as eighth graders. So that just gauges you for the level of okay, okay, I see what of, this is going. players in these I, leagues. Are you building it? I want to edge in my seat now. I, Let's I, I scored – um, I scored 43 points in this fall league game against seventh and eighth graders. I had 21 points in the last three minutes of the game on seven threes. Wow. It was in the Highland Park Rec Center, which is Andrew's hometown. And I swear, I think I was playing against six-year-olds. It was the weirdest game. I, I remember was- being so bad, too, the whole game. And, and knowing that this was my last time playing in the, in the league, like I was going to go to a different – literally a whole different site for the rest of the time. And I was never going to see these people ever again. Yeah. And we came, we were down by like 15 and came back and won. It was a weird game. I, I mean, it's a league where you're wearing t-shirts. Like, right. Wow. Well, you know what though? I remember seeing, uh, I, I, like when I was in, am I still here? You're here. Okay. I remember I was in, uh, high school and we was playing Minner. And this kid from Minner, he is like he just could not miss. And it was Trubisky. No, it wasn't no Trubisky. <laughs> it was like I don't even know who his name. I don't know his name, but the kid like literally it's like he sat in the corner the entire game, and he had to have made at least ten threes. It was, it was impressive. Like he did not miss. It was like wow. Like this kid is. So I believe I'm, I 100. percent I've seen it have my own two eyes that it happens. Like so, I guess sometimes they say like it's just times when you play basketball. It's like the the basket is as wide as the ocean, man. You just can't miss. That's <laughs> so it's it's a weird thing, but it is really 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 true. Like I remember in high school playing against Andrews High School when they just could not stop me. Like I remember that vividly. How big the 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 hoop felt, and Andrew was yelling in the student section with like a with a wet floor sign because they had because <laughs> one of the guys on the team they called him the wet bandit and, I came uh, up with that I came up with that every time every time he hit a three I stood up and put a wet floor sign on the side of the court <laughs> that's actually nice actually kind of funny and cool I like oh, that <laughs> those are the days those are the days sorry Andrew you you know were you let me ask you let me ask you a question Andrew when you, when you would lose like as a fan in high school would you go home like upset um I wouldn't go home upset but I was very happy that there were not gambling lines on the high school games because I definitely would have would have bet on my friends every game and gotten so mad at them if they cost us money one time and I'm not gonna <laughs> name this friend one time my friend, they lost a home game, and he and he texted me after, and blamed the loss on me for not having the crowd excited enough. And Joey, I'll tell you who it was after, but I can guess. I think I can guess. Don't really? guess. Don't guess. Really? But yeah, I won't guess on air. 
and then but later later he was like he was like sorry i was just pissed off that we lost obviously it wasn't your fault i'm like yeah but you uh <laughs> dude i miss student sections those were the days somehow our somehow our conversations uh always turn to absolutely nothing having to do with what we're, <laughs> we're talking listen, about I'm Speaking of the student session, I promise y'all this. I'm going to an Ohio State game and I'm getting my, I'm taking my shirt off and I'm painting my body for a game. I'm gonna do it. Come with us. Come with us. Yeah, I'm doing that. No, not like come with us and do that. I'm just saying come oh, to the game with us and no, then you can do it. Well, that's because, see, me and Tyvis, like, we were the fan favorites, you know? Like, they would love to see us with our shirts off in the student section. Granted, you'd have to give me a little bit of a heads up so I could work out a little bit before. Hey, I've been working out, Joey. I don't know why I can't speak for you. I've been working out. I've been, I, you know, I stay in good enough shape where I can go play in a pickup game, but that's about it. That's pretty good, actually. That's, that's good shape. Do you, want, do you want to guess what my college career high was, and then we can stop? Because that's funny, too. Twelve. Oh my oh, God! No, no, no. I had twelve points in a game. Was it twelve? Six? Four, Andrew? You don't even it's know. Come on. It's either four, I five, tweet, or I six. I always. It's six. When I, I, I it was when <laughs> Clay Thompson scored like sixty-two points in like twenty-seven minutes. Yeah. So, <laughs> like two nights <laughs> later. Two nights later is when I scored six points, but I scored six points in like a minute and 27 seconds. So, like, the running joke was, <laughs> yeah, Clay Thompson scored six, 62 in 27 minutes. Like, if you extrapolated that out to a full game, like, that's 128 points, whatever. But mine, if you extrapolated out, was like almost 200 or whatever. And so, like, <laughs> yeah, Clay Thompson's great and all, but, like, try doing what I just did. Like, you can't. <laughs> you got a point. <laughs> what you saw. For one day, I was leading the country in, like, some efficiency stat, but I didn't have enough uh, shot attempts or minutes played to count nationally. Uh, if you pull up the stats, <laughs> if you pull up the stats without, like, that filter, like, I literally was at the top of the list. It was so it was so funny. I remember someone tweeted, like, our managers tweeted out the stat that I was leading the country in, like, player efficiency rating or whatever, and it was, like, 78 and the next closest guy was like 28. <laughs> it was hilarious. But yeah, that's my little, that's my, that's my plug for, hey, I actually did play basketball. In- Playing the fame. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyvis, we're letting you go before we start talking about even more random stuff. Thank y'all for having me on the show. You know, it's always a good time. I'll FaceTime you later. All righty. <laughs> See you, man. Take care. All right, y'all. <laughs> All right, joining us now on the Drive Lane Podcast, our good friend, host of the Joshua Perry Show, catch him on Big Ten Network, 97-1 the fan, former national champion, former NFL player, Joshua Perry. JP, welcome back. Appearance number four on Drive the Lane. Is it four appearances? Y'all need to start cutting me a Drive the Lane check for all these <laughs> damn appearances. What is going on here? Yeah, once we start cutting ourselves a check, then we'll, <laughs> then we'll give you something. <laughs> I'll be standing there like this, ready to go. <laughs> I, we have $2 for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Anything goes. So, so, obviously, we're going to talk about the national championship game. But first things first, did you see the uh, Hornets-Wizards game? 
last night. Don't do this to me. I'm, I'm not. I'm not playing along with these games. You know, I wasn't right. watching that. All right, I'm just kidding. They didn't even play. But actually, first question: as as a former player and alumni, and you know, you let yourself be a fan from time to time, and on record, not being a huge fan of Dabo. How satisfying was Ohio State's win over Clemson? It was so satisfying. It really was. And for a number of reasons, is number one, the history of that matchup, Ohio State and Clemson, the only team Ohio State had played multiple times and never beaten besides Florida State, the only team they matched up with at least four times and hadn't beaten up to that point. And they're able to go out there and get the victory. And then you got the backdrop of the year before in the Fiesta Bowl where you felt like Ohio State really might have been the better team and ending up having some things not go their way, didn't catch the breaks and lost that game. And it was a really bitter taste in their mouth and then to not have a season and then to get the season back and the full vision was on the rematch, the potential rematch versus Clemson that they got. But then it was the lead up to the game. And Dabo, my favorite coach in college football, <laughs> popping off at the mouth, flapping his gums about Ohio State not deserving to be up there, ranking them 11th in his coach's poll, which is absolutely asinine, talking about how easy the preparation was going to be. And it looked like his coaching staff didn't watch the damn film to go out there and get not just a win, but a three touchdown victory, just emphatic, very convincing. I'm extremely satisfied. When did you, like, in your heart of hearts, when did you know it was over? Because I really didn't think I took a sigh of relief until, like, Trevor Lawrence threw that touchdown at the end of the game. When, as, like, you're in different shoes than the casual Ohio State fan, when did you exhale and you're like, all right, we're on to Bama? Uh, it was the, the final drive, final scoring drive for Ohio State of the first half. Um, and it was because of the momentum aspect of it. That was going to be their fifth touchdown drive of the half. Think about what I'm saying right there. And they had to convert like a third and nine or something like that with Trey Sermon to keep that drive going. And once they did that and they scored, I'm like, oh, man, this thing is over. It took a three touchdown lead into halftime. I'm like, there's no chance. I don't know what kind of adjustments Clemson would have had to make, but they would have been calling on all the football gods and damn Nick Saban and Urban Meyer to try to figure out what they were going to do to mount a comeback. So for me, going into halftime with that type of lead, I was like, all right, this is cool. So let's talk national championship. But before we get quite there, (laughs) (laughs) no, it's not something funny. I just decided that I'm going to ask one more question. But (laughs) um, we tweeted this in half. Everyone was going crazy about the offense. The defense showed up. What did you feel was the biggest difference maker for Ohio State in that game? Like, if you were like, I had to pick one reason why they won that game, it was this. Let me go to my note sheet here. (laughs) Second page for defensive notes, as everybody can see. This is from my my film review breakdown here. Um, It was – a combination of things for me. The line of scrimmage defensively, which if anybody listens to the Joshua Perry show, you would know that I said that was going to be one of the key matchups that Ohio State would win. 
they dominated there and they completely eliminated the run game from Clemson and made them extremely one dimensional. Now, the one dimension that they had was the pass game. And that's where Ohio State had struggled defensively and they gave up 400 yards on the arm of Trevor Lawrence. And part of that was Clemson playing from behind. So they had to throw the ball. And the other part of that was like Ohio State gave up some big plays in the secondary. But I think it was that the other thing that I saw, which was a little bit different was how the linebackers were used for Ohio State. You saw personnel groupings where uh, Taraja Mitchell and Baron Browning were up on the line of scrimmage rushing the passer, and both of those guys are really good athletes, but that's not typically the role that you would see them in. I thought they used Pete Warner in a lot of roles to help eliminate some of the tight ends and Travis Etienne out of the past game in certain situations. And he is a very versatile backer that probably doesn't get the credit he deserves. Justin Hilliard showed up again, played well. Tough Borland did a really good job. And so I look at the combination of defensive line and linebackers for Ohio State, and I think that's really where it started. And for the secondary, they gave up plays, but one thing they did was the big plays that were over their head, they made the tackle so they could play the next down. And that's going to be big against Alabama because they've got some big play guys. We saw one just won the damn Heisman. But um, the DBs are going to have to make sure that they can tackle the wide receivers so they can line up and play another down. So Great transition. Talk. Great transition. Let's talk national championship game. Uh, me, me and Andrew, I'm a little superstitious. I can't really speak for Andrew. We were so negative going into the Clemson game, not because we weren't rooting for Ohio State. Obviously, we were rooting for Ohio State. We all know the intentions of this podcast and the and the fandom where that lies. But we're going to have to be negative again because that's just how it works. So <laughs> I'm going to start off by asking a question that I probably don't really want to know the answer to. We probably do know the answer to, but why is Alabama going to just beat the brakes off of Ohio State? Well, I don't think they'll beat the brakes off of Ohio <laughs> State. I'm, I'm going to go optimistic the same way I did for Ohio State v. Clemson and say that Ohio State wins this one shootout fashion not by a big margin, but they squeak out the victory. But here's why Alabama is going to be an issue is their offense. (laughs) Their offense has three of the top five Heisman vote getters. They have Devontae Smith, who won the bitch. They've got Mac Jones, who came in third and Najee Harris, who came in fifth. That is a problem. But I remember in 2014 when Ohio State, won the national championship team that I played on, led the team in tackles, shameless plug there. Um, We had to face, and it wasn't three in the same game, but it was three games in a row, Heisman Trophy finalists. And we had to do that uh, in order to win. So you not only do you play the best teams, but you end up playing the best players. And so if Ohio State wants to win this thing, which I think they 100% can, it was always going to come down to not only – Uh, beating the best teams, but also having to beat the best individual players that college football has to offer. And Alabama's got a few of them on the offense. Now, the bright spot is Alabama's defense ain't the defenses that we've seen in the past. And Ohio State's got weapons. And we saw all of them come to play. Justin Fields looked as good as he's looked uh, all year long. And it was amazing. Even after the injury, came back and was a dog. Trey Sermon, obviously a guy who's in these last couple of weeks just looked ridiculous with the ball in his hands. And then you've got Garrett Wilson at wide receiver, did a great job. 
Chris Olave at wide receiver did a great job. You've got Luke Farrell and Jeremy Ruckert at tight end, both of them catching touchdown passes. Hadn't seen that all year. Jamison Williams, who's a, a younger wide receiver, a guy who's rotational. We saw him make some big plays. Jackson Smith and Jigba, too many guys to deal a with. A couple of young cats, as you like to say. A couple of young cats. Too many guys to deal with if you're Alabama trying to game plan for Ohio State's offense, and I think that's where the game is neutralized. So we, we have talked about this before. I've actually talked about it with both of you guys. All right, The secondary – does not look good. Sean Wade, we love him. He came back. He <laughs> got burned a lot, okay? Like, there's no denying that. He got, he got, got burned. Absolutely burned. But we love him. We love, we him. love him. But we love him. And we love Randy Wade. If Randy Wade's listening to this, we love the Wade family, but he got burned. <laughs> but um, I legitimately think there will be – I think the over-under for punts in this game should be two and a half, and I would take the under. Because not only do I think that neither team is going to have to punt, but I also think they're going to go for it every time. And if they're on the other side of the 50, they're going to go for it. Because in a shootout, you're never going to give it back to the other team. And pinning yeah. Alabama inside their own 10 doesn't mean anything when you got Devontae Smith. So well, my, my question to you is it's an, it's an expression that often is kind of dumb. But do you think this legitimately could come down to the team who has the ball last? Okay, so let me address a couple of things. Uh, let me write this down so I don't forget. Okay. Um, so when you talk about teams that can get the ball on the 10-yard line and go score a touchdown, I think that's the reason – and I'm going into some stuff that you didn't even ask about real quick. That's the reason why certain stats in 2020 mean nothing. Um, time of possession is one that people say, oh, you got to eat up the clock. You know, you got you to take the air out of the ball. I don't believe in that because – I could pull up Ohio State's drive charts, but they had a couple of drives that were like, you know, a minute and 20 seconds long. They had a couple of other ones that were like three and a half minutes long. They had a couple of long drives in there. I think they possessed the ball for like 12 minutes in the second quarter. But um, outside of that, like these teams can score really quickly. So all of that time of possession doesn't matter. To your point, field position becomes less relevant. You want to make a team earn their way down the field, but – Punting for field position in a game like that doesn't do you very good. Northwestern played Auburn in their bowl game, and Pat Fitzgerald seemingly went for, like, every fourth down. And I've, I've said if I was a uh, college football coach, I would go for more fourth downs than any coach in America. It's just my philosophy. If the offense doesn't get it, I want to put the stress on the defense to go out there and get stops and win games. It's just how I'm built. But – in a game like this, and especially since it's the last game and, you know, it's you're not just trying to squeak out there with the win. Like, you're, you're, you got to give it your all. I'm 100% for going for it on fourth downs and really trying to steal possessions and extend drives. Now, to answer your actual question, team who has the ball last wins the game could very well be the situation. Um, we've, I mean, you talked about the over-under. It's ridiculous. Put the over-under on punts. I would definitely do that. But, you know, what do they say for points, 75 or 76? 70, I think it's 78 or something now. Jeez, oh, Pete. I think it's uh, up to 95 now since we started. Would you it take over 100 points? Yeah, listen, <laughs> I consider it. could be 55, 51 or something crazy Easily. like that. 
It could be. I mean, there's too much offensive firepower in this game and not enough defense going on. Nick Saban even said it himself. His defense ain't winning you games in modern day football. And that's a, a defensive guy who like basically coaches the secondary as the best head coach in college football. And for him to admit that the, the side of the ball that made him who he is ain't really all that important anymore. Like that's pretty big deal. If you had to point to one thing that is the key for Ohio state, obviously we're, we don't need to go into Alabama's keys, but Ohio state's key to victory, whether on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball, whether it's a single opponent or a position group, um, what do you think the number one key is to, to victory? I think this is a pretty simple one, but I truly believe that this is uh, the, the key to victory is Justin Fields. And it's not for Justin to go out there and be Superman. It's for Justin to go out there and be the distributor like he was a week ago. I said that uh, leading into the semifinal game after watching the Big Ten Championship. I was like, seems like Justin's pressing. It seems like he wants to do it all himself. Felt the same way after watching him against Indiana earlier on in the year. And we saw there is now proof that when he just distributes the ball to all of the damn weapons that exist on that offense, he's really good and the offense is a lot better. And so it, it comes down to, to trust of your teammates. It comes down to decision-making too. I thought he was very decisive with the football. Um, I mean, he threw the one interception and Ryan Day even said it was a bad call. I tend to agree with that. He didn't make very many mistakes. And when he has decision in his process, he is a lot better than when he is indecisive with his processes. So it comes down to Justin's ability to facilitate an efficient offense. I think if he can do that, they'll win the game. I said this to Joey the other day, you know, Justin Fields only throws the ball deep when the guys are wide open or in front of him. Like every time he throws it deep, I'm like, all right, it's a touchdown or, or a, or a 60 yard game to, or gain to Garrett Wilson. Alabama's got weapons. They got guys. One guy that they don't have yet, but was cleared to practice Jalen Waddle. <laughs> what do you know about all that? How close do you think we'll see to him actually taking the field because I think he will be in uniform and not play. I have no idea how close he would be, but I think it's, it's extremely smart um, gamesmanship on Alabama's part for even putting that idea out into the universe because it becomes one more thing for Ohio state to prepare for. And you're really putting the, the burden of preparation on Ohio state's weakest unit across the whole team. Um, and so Saban's smart coach. I think that's one of the things that's underrated in this matchup is the coaching matchup, you know, Saban, Saban's the old dog and Ryan day is the new kid on the block competing for his first championship, but both of them are elite coaches in college football. But uh, for Nick Saban to even allow that idea to trickle out there is very intentional just from a preparation standpoint. So um, no idea if homeboy is going to play. If he does, it's a damn issue. If he doesn't, they probably wasted some of Ohio state's practice time, which is an issue, but not as big of an issue. All right. Before we let you go, give us your score prediction. Oh boy. I'm going 49 to 45 good guys. Buckeyes are crowned the national champs. I should have worn my ring so I could show you what they were oh. going to get, but crown the national champs of college football for the year 
2020. The greatest story in college football history, maybe? I think third-string quarterback might be a little bit of a better <laughs> story, but we can definitely do the 30 for 30 Ooh. on both. Ooh, a, thir- a combined 30 for 30. Now we're, now we're thinking a season that almost never was. Zolden got the ESPN connection. Hook it up. Well, I was going to say, would love to uh, talk to that uh, third-string quarterback guy, see what he's <laughs> up to. But I hear yeah, shoot him a text. Man. Tag him. Yeah, shoot him a text. <laughs> All right, JP, thanks for coming on. Uh, talk to you in a year, year or so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. See you, man. All right. We hope you guys enjoyed those interviews. We're getting ready for the national championship. We're nervous. We're excited, but we're still a college basketball and Ohio state basketball podcast. Joseph, Ohio state lost to Minnesota. Their game against Penn state canceled, postponed, is it time to hit the panic button on the Buckeyes? <laughs> uh, obviously not. Um, taking a bit from part of my take, you remember when they would be like, the panic button is – when they were talking about the Patriots or whatever, they'd be like, the panic button, they took we, put, we took out the desk drawer, we put it on, the, on top of the desk, and I can see the panic button. And that's not even true. I, Zoldan, you were telling me that some guy on Twitter was like calling for Holman's job, saying like the players don't listen to him, and, and it yeah. showed – like, that is just the biggest joke. First of all, it is so hard to win in the fall. <laughs> like, you, look so, you look so annoyed right now, which I love. Yeah, yeah I am annoyed. That was annoying. But, um, no, I, is it time to push the panic button? Absolutely not. I, like, first of all, we just got outmanned, outplayed, out, out everything in that game. And it's like, whatever, you just take it with a grain of salt. It's the perfect game where I hope Holtman didn't even show them the, the film from that game. It's just like, throw it in the trash, let's move on. I'm not worried about these guys. Uh, like, still going to be a great season. I tweeted the other day that, like, I'm manifesting an Ohio State Sweet 16 uh, uh, appearance this year. So, yeah, not pushing the panic button. Unfortunately, the game this week got canceled. That's good. Give them some more time to decompress. Give them some more time for Holtman to, to run them into the ground. Not actually, but, like, you know. Oh, just, like he's just, doing with the program? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, give Holtman a chance to look himself in the mirror and say, Chris, how are you going to turn this around and right the ship? Because whatever you're doing right now is not working. Yeah, get out of here with that shit. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about these guys. They're not worried. Like, bad games happen. Like, if you've watched college basketball, you know that, like, when Villanova won the national championship and was beating teams by 100, they lost by 15 to Butler on the road. Like, it just happens. So, whatever. Not pushing the panic button. All my focus is completely on Ohio State football because we – it would be fun to add another national champion to our resume of guests that we've had on the show. So, With Drew? Yeah, I mean, yeah, basically. Oh, oh, I just well, – okay, I, I'll tell you something after. Buckle up, drive the lane, and for the last time before the natty. Go Buckeyes, beat Bama, and I don't like Dabo. <laughs>